Welcome to the Heat of Command podcast, Mastering the Art of Fire Service Leadership. Where we, your hosts, aim to teach you how to use introspection and self-reflection to be your most authentic, genuine self, leader, and human being. And now, here are your hosts. This is Kyle Matusik. And Carrie Henderson. Thanks for joining. Welcome, everybody, to Season 2, Episode 3, where we are talking about the generations in the workplace. And for uh, Episode 1 of this season, if you haven't listened to it, check us out. We do a pretty down and dirty um, overview of each of the generations that are currently in the workplace and the generation that is coming in next, Gen Alpha. So that's pretty informative and then and gets us started on this season. Last episode, we had our first guest uh, that we interviewed on the podcast, Chief Joe Davis, retired um, deputy chief and came back to work part-time with us in our department. So we talked to him as a baby boomer still in the workplace and got his opinions and his thoughts on all things from the baby boomers perspective, which was interesting. Kyle and I have talked about how micro generations play out. And if you're at the tail end of a generation or the beginning of a new generation, a lot of times you have uh, characteristics from both generations. And I think Chief Davis really, uh, he exemplified that. He had some kind of baby boomer stuff, uh, exactly how we thought, and then uh, a lot of Gen X qualities as well. So we're super, super thankful for him for coming on and giving his perspective on things. It was a great interview. Really enjoyed that. So today we are going to talk about Generation X. Uh, Generation X, born between 1965 and 1980, depending on what site you look at, sometimes uh, even in dead 1982. So I am a Gen Xer. I love to talk about Gen X, and we do have a guest today, Captain A.J. Henderson, also my husband, so this should be really interesting. He's here with us. He is a captain in James City County Fire Department, and I'll let him give a little intro to his background and his uh, length of service in just a second, but I want to give just a little quick uh, talk about Gen X, uh, latchkey kids. We've we've mentioned that word before, and I think that really exemplifies Generation X. Working moms, kind of uh, women entering the workplace for the first time. So kids being left at home, uh, divorce starting to become a little bit more prevalent. So uh, kids again being left at home to their own devices, good and bad, but made us really independent, and that uh, shows up in the workplace. So uh, we will get. Captain A.J. Henderson's feedback on that, because I think he definitely has a story about that. Um, also, we were the first generation to start thinking and talking about work-life balance. So I'd love to hear his opinion on work-life balance, especially uh, from the fire service perspective and uh, how he how he handles that, because he has some good uh, opinions on that too. So um, A.J., if you want to tell everybody... Um, How'd you get into the fire service? How long have you been in? What do you do now? Um, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, and joined the Navy. Got out of the Navy in 1997 here in Virginia. Moved back to Texas for about 18 months. Came back to Virginia with my family. Decided to stay. Uh, had a couple jobs here and there. Decided to go to work for the fire department. I started about 20, going on 24 years ago. And I've been paid for going on 21 years. And I'm currently a captain on the ladder truck at Station 3 here in James City County. And uh, 
That's about it. Yeah. Well. All right. So let's get into some, I want to get, pick your brain on some Gen X stuff. Okay. Um, and just so you know, the Henderson household listeners, we sound a little stuffy because um, somebody had the man cold and passed it around in our family. So we're all a little sick here. So apologize for that. All right. The first thing we're going to talk about is the idea of independent um, people in the workplace and Gen X being really independent and this latchkey kid idea. So <clears throat> tell your story kind of um, you were raised by a single mom for a, for a long time and you and your sister were left to your own devices, certainly. And, we were, we and were. Um, how do you think growing up that way, do you think it has helped, hindered or neither? Or how does it kind of play out now when you're an employee? Um, I, I guess I would say that it, it's helped me as far as not really having to depend on someone all the time. And especially when I go about my day to day, not worrying about if someone's going to do this for me or not. I've always been able just to do it myself. Um, like you said, I was raised pretty much. My mom and dad got divorced when I was, I guess, around three and my sister was one. So it's pretty much just us three, my mom and us uh, growing up. And, you know, of course, our mom had to work and she would uh, she would leave us at home and, you know, we would we would do our things. I've got I've got a ton of stories about where my mom would leave us, um, <laughs> you know, when she would be working. But uh, but no, it, you know, it really helped me because we had to we had to cook for ourselves. We had to clean. We had to get stuff ready. My mom would leave us a list. I can remember her telling us, you know, hey, I'm going to call the house. If Don't answer the phone for nobody. If I call the house, it's going to ring one time. I'm going to hang up and there's a call right back and you answer it because you know it's me. You're like, okay, but don't answer the phone for no one else. So that was how we communicated. Um, so, yeah, as far as, as uh, being on our own and me and my sister out doing our things and, and the way it's helped us at work is we, you know, I, I don't think I've ever really depended on anybody at work. It, it's always led me, left me with the attitude of, you know, I'm responsible for myself and I don't hold anybody and my chiefs, uh, my uh, subordinates or whatever. I don't hold any of them uh, accountable before my actions or what I need to do when um, I'm perfectly capable of getting that stuff done myself. Uh, I've just never, you know, that's just how I've always seen it. And I've, and I've always expected that from other people also, you know, you can't, and I tell people that all the time, don't expect when you go somewhere, you go to these classes, you go to do something, don't expect these people just to hand this stuff to you. You have to do it yourself. If you want it, then you do it. So, you know, it's up to you. And that's just kind of how it's always been for me. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you shared that perspective. Um, and I, you know, I see that you, you're, you have more Gen X qualities than I do. And I, I like um, your perspective on a lot of that stuff at work. And that's helped me too, just listening to you. And so the new generation, and you have some, some really young employees on your shift. And what do you see that's different? So when, we, when we're talking about like independence and stuff you learned probably pretty young, like what, what do you see with the new generation that's just coming in? Some of your real young folks. Well, Y'all know as well. I mean, we're we're just not the same. That's that's just how it is. We're we're just not the same, and and uh, it's not their fault by no means. Um, it's somewhat, I guess, our fault. 
as far as, you know, when people come along, I guess, you know, when you have your own kids, you always say, you know, I want my kids to do better than I did and to have more things than I did, you know, but then uh, you look back on your life and you're like, well, damn, I, you know, my life was pretty good. <laughs> Why do they need more than what I had? I really had a great life. <laughs> so, you know, I, I was with my family all the time and uh, that, that's really all that matters. So, but you look at it as what we were talking about earlier, when you have these new kids, these new recruits come in, I call them kids just because they're younger, but you have the new recruits come in and you've got stuff you, we've got to get done. You know, they, they've got to get trained. They've got a precept for their EMS, whatever classes they're in. You know, you're trying to help them. You're trying to get them through their rookie book. You're trying to get them cleared on an engine, cleared on a truck, driving them at whatever. And, you know, and then you got your chiefs going, hey, how long, you know, how much longer is this going to take? Well, it used to not take as long, but now it takes a little longer because you also have to sometimes teach them how to wash their clothes and how to cook. And there's a lot of other stuff you have to do with them that you did not have to do before. The people, the guys came in and gals and, and they were ready to do that stuff. Now it's like, man, what have you been doing? You know, it's just you know, whatever. I guess, you know, the parents taking care of them and that's, and that's how it is. And that's fine. You know, that's how it is. That's what they want. But when they come to us, that's a obstacle we have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. AJ, I think, you know, you hit, the word independence and, de and dependence, right? I, I think it's an independent generation and culture and it's shifted to a dependent culture uh, generation. And I think that sums it up very quickly. You know, and I come from that independent, like, yeah, I can figure this out. I don't need anybody. And then like the older you get, you want to grow more, the more you realize, no, I do need people in my life to help me grow. And like, how do I portray that now and bring that to the younger people is, is really the hard thing to do because we grew up so differently and you see them come in you're like, well, this is crazy. You know, like I would just do it. I would just go, but it's different. And it, you know, some words that get tossed around a lot within our industry, I think is humility and being humble, but really showing humility is understanding and meeting these people where they're at. Uh, even though you have to swallow our pride a little bit and be like, all right, that's, that's not the way I did it, but I, I get it. Um, I have to change. I have to meet them where they're at so they can meet me where I'm at. And then I could teach them what the independence taught me and how I learned that. But I could teach them those traits through, you know, a better, you know, we learn those traits through some hardships, right? Uh, through the things you went through as, as a child and uh, similar stories. Uh, with me. So we learn those through hardships. Well, we have an opportunity to teach the young people coming into the industry, not through hardship, but through our stories. So they don't have to have the hardships that we had, you know, which I think that's kind of the cool thing. So it's kind of that shift in perspective, but it's really that independence versus dependence. And that's really, I think the crux of it. And you, you explain that very well. All right. So let's talk about um, Gen X we definitely haven't mastered this by any means, but started um, to think about work-life balance and that maybe your career and your, you know, 80 hours a week at, at a workplace or, you know, working all the time wasn't what we wanted. We wanted to have a balance on that. And you, uh, before you came to fire service, worked for Grinnell Fire Protection and then, um, you know, came over to work for the fire department and, and you, you worked a lot before you had a side business, like every firefighter does doing lawn care and working a lot. And have you always felt like work-life balance was important or did that change at some point? And 
What's your story? Um, no, <laughs> um, I did not always feel like that. You know, it, it just comes with uh, with time and uh, experience. Um, goods ain't good and bad. You know, that's that's what makes you who you are at the end of the day. But no, of course, when you as a man, I felt, you know, when you have kids at home and a wife at home and you're trying to provide, you know, your job, how I was raised, your job is just to get out there and grind and to work and to make ends meet, to make your family happy so they can go do all this stuff without you because you're working, but they can still go and they can have everything they want. You know, and then you get older and, or I wouldn't say older, just more experienced and time goes by, you, you start to look back on what you missed and you, you look at your kids, your, your kids will always put it into perspective for you um, because they grow up so fast. And all of a sudden, when you're ready to really hang out, they're not ready to hang out no more. They're gone. And they have other stuff to do. So you kind of you take a step back, you start looking at your life, you start looking at what's important. And you if you look back when you were a kid, at least for me, when you were around your parents or around adults, you always wanted to to hang out with them. You know, you always want to know what they were doing. You're always curious. Um, and you know, and our kids are the same way. But if you're sitting there, hey, you know, I don't have time right now, I gotta go work. Um, then that's all they want. You know, they don't care about um, some new shoes or whatever the latest and greatest is. They just want to hang out with you. And it takes, unfortunately, it takes some time to learn that. And then if you feel like, I guess most parents, I've heard people say this, you you feel like then you just start making excuses and you apologize to your kids for not being the best dad. And, you know, I wish I'd have done this and I wish I'd have done that. But I feel like I, you know, my kids are, you know, two two of the kids are in their twenties, um, but we and we have a great relationship now, and and everything's good. But you know, and I try to tell that to the new people coming in. You know, I, I try to tell them what's important. You know, don't, you know, you don't have to be out there working nonstop on your days off. You know, that's that that. That's the firefighters rule. That's that's just what we did. You know, you came in, you worked your 24, you worked every day you're off and you came back and that's that's just your life. Every firefighter had a side job and that's what you do, but you don't need it. And I, I try to tell the guys at work, people will tell you, why don't you work on the side? You know, this guy's lazy or this, this girl's lazy or whatever. I'm like, well, I'll put it to you like this. Say you were working a 40 hour a week job making $70,000 a year. Would anybody come to you and ask you why you're not working Saturday or Sunday? No, they wouldn't. So why are they asking you why you're not working on your day off? Because it's your day off. The job's a grind and eventually it will catch up to you and you need to take that time off and spend it with your family because that's all that's important at the end of the day. Yeah. And Kyle has shared his story about working, you know, and piling more on his plate and kind of what that did or didn't do for him. And uh, it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. Yeah, it's easy. You, you, You know, especially when I came in, you know, and, and you're on the same boat, it was just work, 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 work. 
and then get involved in all the extracurriculars that work has to offer. And next thing you know, it just becomes your complete identity, you know, and it's stuff me, Carrie and I have talked about, uh, you know, what's your truest identity? Are you a firefighter? Are you much more than that? You know, and it's interesting. We keep doing, you know, these couple interviews, Carrie, and it just blows my mind, you know, because we talk about these generalities with every generation, right? And then you actually talk to people in that generation and ask questions and have a conversation like this. And it's, you see how individual, it's almost like we have to stop with these generalities. I think it's important to have these discussions and talk like this, but you start, you know, because there's so much crossover from one generation to another, and it's just interesting to hear. I think the biggest thing is how your life has shaped you, right? And I think we saw that with our previous interview and this one. It's like, how has our life shaped us and made us who we are? Sure, the times we grew up played a role in that, but at the end of the day, you know, we look at some of this stuff and we could easily plug it into other generations as well. I think the interesting part when we look at work-life balance, one thing that's coming clear to me is we see the Gen Xers and it's like they learned it the hard way. Like, hey, we need this work-life balance. And we learned it the hard way through our experience and the things we did. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh no, maybe not. And then the millennials and Gen Z's, you know, it's almost like they watched it happen and they're like, okay, don't make that mistake, but make sure that work-life balance is, is still a part of, of my life. And then being directed from the leadership within the organization, being like, hey, chill out, take your time off, relax, because this job will take everything away from you if you let it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and I, it's interesting because AJ and I, um, we got married Oh, how long ago did we get married? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know. <laughs> <laughs> five years, yeah, five years ago. Five years ago, we got married. Sorry, almost six. <laughs> and uh, you know, my my before I met him, or well, I'd known him for a while, but before you know, we got married. I I really, you know, my life was a firefighter and a mom. But I, you know, I'd always introduce myself. I'm a firefighter. I'm a firefighter, and that was my identity. And you know, there's, there's so much more and and you can love, absolutely love this job. Yes. Don't please don't yeah. take that the wrong way. I absolutely am so, so proud of my career and, and the department that I work for and, and that I've gotten to, you know, make a difference in so many people's lives at calls and, and in the community. And I've loved it. I have loved this career. Um, and I still do, but you know, now there's, there's so much more out there and, and it, it make, it makes me a better employee to see how much I was missing, you know, and, and now to our lives are, are, it's just, it's just so much better now that I'm, you know, enjoying all these other things other than just my work. You know, and what I, I find, it's almost like these conversations that we're starting to have carry with other people. It's like, these are the conversations that need to happen around the kitchen table. Like, Hey, this is who I am and why, you know, and we don't need to go into full, like every detail, this is what happened, all, but like just, you know, the Cliff Notes version and teach, you know, it, it's like we've always talked about the uncomfortable conversations or the hard conversations, but it's the real conversations. Like we're all human beings. Uh, we all have things that have shaped us. And I think it's important to have those conversations, especially for our younger people to be like, hey, this is why I'm going to meet you where you're at, but you need to understand why I am the way I am as well. And we'll get to that. And then that's how we just effectively continually build quality leaders within our organization. Because we know that it, a lot of things, 
and our organizations are very, very different. Um, it's this way because it's the way it's always been. And I am, you know, this title. So that's that period, end of story type uh, mentality. And, you know, we just need to get away from that. And I think it's through conversations like this, which uh, things can get exciting and everybody gets to grow. Yeah, there's a lot of buzzwords in the leadership space right now about yeah. vulnerability and being vulnerable. Um, and it's, that can be scary because it's how, what's the line? Like what mm -hmm. is sharing too much where you lose some of that, like, you know, respect or, you know, there, there, there is a line there, but you're right. It is important, especially if I've learned something the hard way, or this is, this is why now I enjoy my time off so much and I may completely check out and not check my phone or, you know, check mm -hmm. email where before I would, but that, you know, there, there is a, you know, especially if you've gone through something tough, like, you know, your, your family story with the miscarriages and, you know, AJ and I going through divorces and, and, you know, blending families. And it's, it's important for people to know your story too, because they go through it and they bring it to work with them. And, right. you know, so, yeah. And it's uh, at the end of the day, it's all about building people, right. To be better at the job, to be better leaders, you know, and in turn, you know, I'm a big believer. If we develop better human beings, we create better firefighters, we create better leaders. And that starts with the leadership within the organization. And I think sharing our stories, because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We all have uh, uh, our own problems and we have overcome some of those problems. And I think it's cool to hear uh, you know, when AJ talks about his story of being dependent and then the, that work-life balance, I think that's a valuable story for, you know, young people to hear. And I think that's a very common story across multiple, you know, across the country, across the industry in every profession. And it's like, just share that story, you know, just tell people like, this is why. And like, then things just continue to progress instead of staying, you know, stale and the same old, same old, because... You know, it's the way, it's what I had to go through. So you have to, and we get to get away from that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to shift gears here. And uh, so in, in one of the other traits of uh, Gen X is that Gen X is comfortable with technology and listeners are going to laugh that no, AJ, <laughs> <laughs> we got new iPhones today and I, I don't know how many cuss words there have there been cuss words yet, but he's trying to learn this iPhone. And I, so I would say it, this is a perfect way to say what you were just saying, Kyle, is that you don't, you don't fall. Every characteristic isn't spot on. So right. AJ is not comfortable with technology. Um, and so we'll just skip right on over that one, unless you have any, anything you want to say about what that. What was that no. quote you shared with me on the tech that you just shared with me the other day? You text me. What was it? Something about Gen oh, it was a meme. Are, are, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's right here. It said, uh, "Oh, well, maybe because I got a new phone, it might not be on there." Oh, here it is. I'm a Gen Xer, so I adapt to new technology like a millennial, but get angry about it like a boomer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 100%, 100%. I was like, yeah, that's where, you know, you get a little bit of both, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Very, very true. So um, <clears throat> a couple more things uh, for Gen X. Um, it says sometimes Gen X is a little skeptical about new or current procedures sometimes. Uh, how do you, what's your opinion on when 
like admin or the chiefs come out with something new? Do you, like baby boomers were kind of the, of the thought, okay, you told me to do it. I may ask some questions, but I'm really just going to just go do it. Where I think Gen X started to ask why and maybe not as much as millennials per se, but maybe wanted to know the feedback, the process behind it. Or how do you, how do you feel about when stuff like that happens? Well, excuse me. Um, I usually don't question at first with, if the chief puts something out. Um, we'll go with it. And the guys will tell you anytime, you know, nobody likes changes. Um, I, I Well, I'll speak for myself. I don't like changes. <laughs> but when they come, I always tell my guys, they're always like, hey, Captain, what do you think about this? I'm like, well, you know, I don't like it. But it's just something I have to learn. And eventually it'll be like everything else. We'll be right back moving how in the same direction. So, I, you know, and, and I don't understand why. I don't, I don't know why I'm like that or why people are like that. When the change comes, you're always like, I don't like this. <laughs> and, you know, you're like, I don't know. I haven't even given it a try, but I know I damn sure don't like it. So um, We're going to have to edit you. Uh, I'm sorry. You're going to um, get us banned if, from uh, <laughs> podcast world. Um, you know, you know I'm, I don't know, but I don't like it. I, and then you just, you turn around. It's it's like going to, to school functions, you know, you might have five school functions. They, the kids want you to show up on fire trucks. And you're like, man, I don't want to do another school function today. But then you show up, you're happy to be there. And you just do it. And they're like, well, that wasn't bad. You're like, yeah, I just complaining. You know, I, I don't know why, you know, I just, I, I don't know why you're like, why I'm like that or why people are like that. But um, yeah, I never really liked the change in the beginning, um, but I never fight it unless I, after I do it. And if I see something wrong with it, then I'll approach it. But I never really bash it until we, Get to, we'll, we'll, we'll always try if that makes any sense yeah, yeah i think it does <clears throat> yeah I, I you know i watch everybody at work when new stuff comes down and you know there are certain people that you really have to get their buy-in before you get you know new stuff comes out make sure everybody's had an opinion and make sure everybody's got gotten to put some f- feedback or understands it and then there are people out there that you're like you know what they may complain a little bit, but they'll they'll come right along or they'll, you know, it's because it, I always feel like and I try to tell people your fire chief is at least I know for ours is always trying to do the best thing for the department, like trying to do what's best for the citizens and best for the department. They're not nobody's trying to well, <laughs> nobody is trying to, you know, make your world terrible or like, you know, do something to make you know make you mad they're trying to do the right thing and so if you think about it from that way you know uh and that's not everywhere that's not everywhere but you you just reminded me of something i remember chief nash coming over and we were talking one time some made some change something was coming down the line or whatever and he was talking about it and and we were sitting there and everybody's complaining this is that and then i thought about it and was talking to him and i said you know it's funny how these changes affect us so little in this grand scheme of things during the throughout your every day of working at the, at the firehouse, running your calls, doing your job, the change affects you so little. A lot of times the change will only affect you that day. It's like, you know, it's just the change they're going to make in a policy or the change they're going to do here. But man, we sure get up in arms whenever it's a change. It just, it's like, I, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but Yep. It's it's kind of cool to see like you know the progression of this, right? You know, baby boomers just do what they're told. 
you know, and then we hear a little bit of skepticism, a little bit of maybe complaining, unsure why we're doing it, but we're going to do it. And nine times out of 10, the change is no big deal. You know, and then as we progress on into millennials, Gen, uh, Gen Zers, you know, then the word collaboration starts coming in and they want to get their voices heard and they want to talk. And as long as they're heard, even if it's not chosen, like, cool, you know, and it's just cool to, you know, if, if the audience can actually start seeing that progression of how things start to change. And it's kind of cool when you sit back and can see it and have these conversations and literally illustrate how the change has occurred over the years. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, let's see. Um, one thing we asked Chief Davis, and I'd like your opinion on it, is um, baby boomers generally put a really high um, value on seniority, but more in a way of your years of service should sometimes be valued more. Uh, so, like, for example, like on a promotion process that you should get points for your years of service versus it just be based on your performance. So maybe you, you someone would get picked but because they've been here longer, not necessarily on their performance. Um, so what is, what's your opinion picked, on that? Picked for what? Like a promotion. Just because of how long they've been here? Yeah, or there's a really high... Kyle, help me explain this. Like, I, I just the words are not coming to me. Like, a, just a really high value on your length of service. Yeah, like, like seniority plays a big role in the promotional process, you know? And I know every... You know, we talked about it in Illinois. The promotional process is all dictated by state law. So 10% of your score is okay. seniority. Um, sure. And it's... It, it, should seniority even be a thing when it comes to promotions? You know, I think is, should it be a priority? Should it even be considered at all? Um, especially, you know, I, I think years ago, absolutely, it was uh, uh, needed just the way the industry was. The industry is so different now. Um, so it's kind of what is your take on seniority within the industry and if it really is a determining factor or should be a weighted factor within a promotional process? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think seniority should have anything to do with getting promoted. If you haven't done anything to better yourself throughout your career, then um, that's that's on you. I'm sorry. Um, you know, when it comes to sen if you do have seniority, if you're a senior, you're probably making good wages anyway. You know, that's that's usually how it goes. You know, you start out as a young man working off your back. And by the time you're done, hopefully you're using your brain. And, you know, you're making that at that point, you're getting paid for what you know, not for what you can do. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, I, I don't think seniority should have anything to do with the promotional process. If you're a go getter and you're willing to get educated and get yourself out there and and go for it, then that's what should be rewarded. Not just because there's plenty of seniority out there and you can get all the seniority you want sitting in a chair. So at the end of the day, I don't I don't think so. OK, just interesting to, you it know, is, just yeah. to ask. Don't don't ask the railroad because the railroad does not think that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're, they're big time seniority at the railroad. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, let's see. That that's kind of all the questions I have. Kyle, got any questions? Yeah, I think you know uh, as we start closing out when it comes in terms of leadership, you know, and as a uh, Generation X and everything we got coming in uh, now. What is your biggest, I guess, lesson or thought when it comes to leading 
the future of the fire service? How to best do that? Um, obviously, definitely by spreading your knowledge. Giving uh, one of my guys asked me one time. He was taking. He was in college and he was doing a uh, one of his classes. I can't remember what it was, but he had to interview me. So he asked if he could interview me. So we're sitting in my office and he says, "What is your favorite part? Um, why do you like being a captain?" If you would ask me when I first got promoted, you know, maybe it would have been, well, now I'm the boss or, you know, now the day goes how I want it to go. But I looked at him and I said, you know, after I spent about two years in training and dealing with people with with the new people coming in, um, were they millennials? So we'll call them. No, so they're now Gen Z. Gen Z's, Gen where, Z's okay, whatever they are, whatever. Yeah. They are. Um, I get more reward in my job now by helping these men and women coming in and trying to set them up with exactly what we've been talking about as far as their work-life balance, their finances for retirement, getting them straight on what is, what's important, what this job's going to ask from you and what you're going to be willing to give. And I would say just passing my knowledge on to them that I've learned that we have learned the hard way. Um, it's like we tell our kids, you know, all the time there, there's no sense in you doing the hard way if I've already done that for you. So let me, uh, make this easy on you and put you on a road to success. So I would say that to all of us guys out there in my shoes, you know, these, these new recruits and men and women that come in, I, I look at them, you know, well, they're young enough to be my kids. Uh, my kids are their age and that's how I look at them. And I really if I could just get one of them to come up to me after I retire and say, man, I'm, I'm loaded from the financial advice you gave me towards retirement or this or that, um, that would be all I need. You know, the, the fireside is great. I love the fire department, but I really, I think guys in my position um, should really be out there teaching these younger men and women what's important. Now it's up to them to take the advice, but guiding them in the right direction and the fire department stuff's easy. You know, we can train you to pull hose, fight fires, do that kind of stuff. That's that's all they love. It's the other stuff that's hard. And um, be in there for them when they need you, you know, in their work life and their personal life. So good. Uh, and uh, Megan, Cole, and Nicholas are kiddos if they're listening. <laughs> sometimes they listen to us, sometimes they don't. <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't ask my kids. They're going to be like, who is this guy? <laughs> This is not the guy we were raised with. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, these interviews have been very good, uh, Carrie. It's I, so fun. It is. It is. It, uh, you know, the perspective and just having the, these conversations and, and it's just, you know, we talk about a lot of this stuff and a lot of it is, you know, as we progress, it's simple on the surface, you know, and you hear the stories of how we got to this thought process. And it's just like, man, you know, we're it, it, there, there's hope and we're heading in the right direction in some parts of the country. Right. And and uh, the progress looks good uh, moving forward. So that that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So we thank you for coming on yes you did have a choice you could have told me no 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 thank y'all thank you for having me yes. it's been amazing I appreciate thank it. you aj i appreciate it it was nice to finally meet you hopefully i'll see you in a yep. couple weeks <laughs> hopefully it'll still be 75 yep. degrees there that would be really nice yes. there you go <laughs>
Yeah, so it, listeners, uh, Kyle and I will be at the Virginia Fire Rescue Conference um, in February uh, presenting a co- several days that week, actually. So come come see us if you guys are in the area. Yeah, February 19th through the 22nd, right? Well, that's the, yeah. the pre-conference. It goes over the weekend with their hot classes, right? Yes. Yeah. That wraps us up with Gen X. I think next on deck, we got uh, our millennial interview, which... You know, I always kind of think about what these interviews are going to go like, and then it's like nothing like that. So it, it's really exciting for me. <laughs> yes, that's how we always do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's just see how it's going to go. And it usually goes pretty good. So uh, until next time when we got a millennials. As we wrap up another episode, this has been Kyle. And Carrie. From the Heat of Command podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please make sure to follow and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And as always, we love the feedback. Keep it coming. See you next time.